In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Our Bible study tonight from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 17, starting from verse 14. John 17, starting from verse 14. John 17 is the intercessory prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ as our High Priest, he prayed this prayer uh, on the eve of Good Friday, maybe a few minutes before the arrival of Judas and all the soldiers to arrest him. And this prayer actually is considered the holy of the holies of the whole uh, scripture. It is the prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ, our High Priest, on our behalf. So let's start at verse 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So the Lord basically is saying that he gave us the word of the Father. Here the Son is speaking to the Father. He said, I have given them, I gave the disciples and my followers your word, the word of the Father. But the world hated them because we are not of the world as our Lord Jesus Christ also is not of the world. Here the Lord is making contrast between the mind of Christ and the spirit of the world. After the Lord Jesus Christ had exposed the hypocrisy of the world, he denounced the idols of the world, he reversed the standard of the world, he condemned the prince of the world, Satan, and now he is indifferent to its curse, indifferent to the hatred of the world. His disciples, as far as they shared his sentiments, came in also for the hatred of the world. Because we are one with Christ, so as the world hated Christ, the world hates us also. And the Lord Jesus Christ has repeatedly made the distinction between either belonging to God or to the world. And there is no compromise between two. You cannot in the same time love God and love the world. Love of the world is enmity to God. So, in verse 15, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. Maybe the logical uh, thinking here, if the world hates me or hates us, it's better that we are taken from the world. But the Lord said, no, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. Yes, the world hates them, but I am praying that you should keep them from the evil one. 
So, the logical thought that may, came, may come to the mind of the apostles that in order to be kept from the hatred and the danger of the world, that God would take them away as Jesus Christ will ascend. But there is a mission for the disciples in the world. They did not finish their mission yet. The Lord Jesus Christ is leaving the world because has finished the work of the Father, the work that the Father gave him, as we read in the same chapter, verse 4. And by completing and finishing the work of the Father, he glorified the Father on earth. But for the disciples and for us, there is a work for us to glorify God. That's why he is praying that the Father should not take us from the world until we finish our mission, until we finish our work here in the world. So, the Christian ideal is not freedom from work, but strength to do it. Not freedom from temptation, but power to overcome the temptation. Not freedom from suffering, but joy in an abiding sense of the Father's love. Not absence from the world, but grace to make the world better for our presence. That's what the Lord was praying for. Um, there is no holy life driven from the world, but living apart from the world and having our holy life uh, becomes the living that will live in the whole world. As the Lord said, the kingdom of heaven is like three measures of wheat. The one uh, woman hid them. So kingdom of heaven is like living, that a, a woman hid them in three measures of wheat. This living is us. And we are here in the world that we may live in the whole world through the word of Christ. Verse 16. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So those who follow Christ and those who become one with Christ, as Christ is not of the world, so also are not of the world. Then he said in verse 17, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Here the Lord prayed that the Father will not take us from the world, rather to keep us from the evil. So the thought that we are still in the world leads to another thought, which is our mission in the world. We are staying here because we have mission here. That's why the prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ moved from preservation of his people to sanctification of his people for the world. That's why in verse 17 he said, sanctify them in uh, your truth. Uh, 
uh, with the emphasis that we are not of the world even as he is not of the world. The followers of the Lord Jesus Christ received the Father's word through Christ. And the Father's word is the truth. Uh, and now, after we received this truth, we became separate from the world because we are not part of this world. So, he has prayed that the Father would preserve them in the world. And now he is praying that the Father will set them apart, will sanctify them, will consecrate them for the work to which has sent them. The word sanctify means keep them holy, keep them apart from the world, keep them not defiled by the sins of the world or the lusts of the world. Keep them dedicated for this mission witnessing for your word. The word sanctify in the Old Testament means to consecrate a person or to consecrate things for the service of God, like consecration of the priest and high priest, like consecration of the tabernacle of the meeting. So the Lord Jesus Christ saying, that I am sending my disciples, my followers to the world as the Father sent the Son into the world. That's what he said in verse 18. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. So, as the Father sent the Son, the Son is sending us to the world. Uh, but we need to be consecrated. We need to be sanctified by the Word of God, by the truth. As the Lord Jesus Christ himself had sanctified himself by the truth. But here we can see a link between the mission of Jesus Christ and our mission in verse 19. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. And the question, why does he link his mission from the Father to our mission from the Son. Why he is linking these two missions together. He wanted to affirm to us that he will support us. The Father sent him and part of his mission is to support us in our mission. That's why he said I sanctify myself for their sakes, means I dedicate myself to guide them, to support them, that they may be sanctified by the truth. So the Son is working with us, through us and in us, 
And our work is the continuation of the work of the Son. When the Lord said, I sanctify myself, he meant, I am willingly giving myself up to death. I am willingly doing this to save the humanity. I consecrated my life to this goal, to the salvation of the world. So the consecration here, I have sanctified myself, means I dedicated myself to this work, which is offering myself for the life of the world. And just as the Son devoted his mission to the salvation of humanity, so his disciples must be sanctified and consecrate themselves for Christ, who is the truth. As he, as he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We are sanctified means we are set apart for the service of God. We dedicated our life to live obediently, obediently to God, different from the rest of the world. And what produces sanctification? The word of God. That's why he said, sanctify them in your word. In another place he said, you are pure because of the word that I have spoken unto you. So God's word is the truth that produces this sanctification. Verse 20. I do not pray for this alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. At the beginning of this prayer, <coughs> the son prayed for himself. Then, until verse, from verse 1 to 5, he prayed for himself. From verse 6 to 19, he prayed for the apostles. Now from verse 20, he is praying not only for the apostles, but also for all who believe in Jesus Christ through the teaching of the apostles. That's why he said, I don't pray for this alone, for the 12 disciples or 11, because Jesus left, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So now he extends his prayer to include all those who are ready to accept salvation from generation to generation and to the end of the time. Because he is our high priest, he is our intercessor by his blood for all those who will accept his redemptive work on the cross. And why he is praying is that all may become one, as he said in verse 21, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. So he's praying for all of us that we become one 
as the father abiding in the son and the son abiding in the father. So if we abide in the son, then we and the Holy Trinity will become one. And then when we are one, this actually what will make the world <coughs> believe that Jesus Christ is God incarnate. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ has manifested the nature of God the Father to us. And those who received his word and witnessed his work, so by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us, we will extend this revelation to the rest of the world. And we will preach to the world who is God and who is the Holy Trinity and who is Jesus Christ, our Redeemer and our Savior. We will do this by the word that we are preaching in his name. And as I said, the purpose of his prayer that all may be one. So when the Lord was praying, he has this view, he has this end in his mind that all of us become one. To form one living, glorious unity. Every part of which spiritual organism, while living a separate and differentiated life, but it is part of whole. So you have your separate life. I have my separate life. But all of us we are parts of whole, of one unity, of one being. Like the members of a body, as St. Paul said, being many, are one body and members of one another. And he said that the union of the church should be of the same nature of the unity between the Father and the Son. You in me and I in you, that they may be in us. This unity is based on the action of God in the life of his servant, in the life of his people. And I want to bring to your attention that the word that they may be, that they may be, was repeated seven times in this chapter. In verse 11, verse 19, twice in verse 21, Verse 22, verse 23, verse 24. And four of these seven times, he prayed that his followers may be one. So, our Lord Jesus Christ, it's clear he is concerned in particular about our oneness, our unity. That's why he is praying and he is sending the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. So when the Holy Spirit dwells in us, we become one with the Holy Trinity. And the unity of the church 
will result actually in making the world believe in the incarnation of God, God the, the Son. Our unity came from the unity of us with the Holy Trinity. We cannot be united together if we are not united with God. But when you are united with God, you are united with God, I'm united with God, in God all of us will be one. And as a result of our unity with God, the glory we receive will be will include acknowledgement by the world that God sent Jesus Christ and God loved the world as God the Father loved the Son. So this unity will witness to the world two things. The incarnation of the Logos and the love of God the Father that's manifested to us. That's why he repeated several times that this unity will help the world to believe in him. Unfortunately, it is sad to say that the church now is divided and people who claim that follow Jesus Christ are divided into thousands of different denominations. Satan has significantly hindered the acceptance of the incarnation of the Logos by dividing the church. So dividing the church did not only weaken the church, but also hindered our evangelism to the world. But if we are united together with God, and in God we are united with one another, then the world will see in us a proof of the incarnation of the Son of God because the Son of God came to unite us with God. So this will be evidence that the Son of God came to the world and they would believe that God sent his Son into the world. But the divisions of the Christian have resulted in the weakness of the church and hindering the proof to the world that God sent his son to the world. Verse 22. And the glory which you give me, the glory which you give me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. Again, he is speaking in the past tense. The glory you have given me, I have given them. So here the Lord Jesus Christ again is speaking about the future as it is in the present because it is the very soon future. 
But what did he mean by the glory that the Father gives Son he has given us? The fullness of the glory which awaits the Son when he ascends and seats, be seated at the right hand of the Father. Again, he is speaking about this glory as if he already gave it to us. But what this glory means? There are many interpretations of the glory. One meaning that with a believer, when we become one with him, then we will receive eternal life with him and in him. As St. Paul said in Romans 8, we are heirs. If we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified with him. So, the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ that he gave, the glory that he gave to us is the opportunity to receive eternal life and to enter into intimate relationship with God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And this reflects the glorification of the Son and the Father and the Holy Trinity because we are participating in the divine glory. So that is the first meaning. Glory here will inherit the eternal life. Another meaning of glory that as the Son in His incarnation, He performed miracles and He was able to attract many lost souls to repentance and salvation. So He granted the disciples to do the same, the ability to do the same in the name of Jesus Christ. Also, glory is the oneness with God. If you think about it, there is no higher glory than this to be one with the Holy Trinity. So, as the Lord Jesus Christ received the glory because of his sacrifice to save us, he also gave us glory in order to serve him. And what is the result of giving us the glory? Again, it is the oneness, that they may be one. Uh, the glory which you give me, I have given them that they may be one, just as we are one. So now he speaks about our unity with the Holy Trinity. And through our transformed life, the world actually will believe in the Holy Trinity and believe in the salvation of the Son, the Son provided to the world. And here I want you to notice that the union between the Father and the Son is once more made the example 
the type of the union among all of us who received the gift of eternal life and the glory of the supernatural love. Verse 23, I in them and you in me, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. Through this unity they will be perfect. That the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So again, the emphasis through this oneness, through this unity, the world will understand two things. Will understand that the Father sent the Son and will understand the magnitude of the love of the Holy Trinity toward us. So here the Lord Jesus Christ regards himself as the mediating link of the relation between the Father and us. He is the mediator. I in them, you in me. So they cannot be in you without me. I in them and you in me. So I am the mediator here. Meaning I am with those you have sent me too and you are in me, I who reconcile the world with you through me. So me, I have this mission to reconcile the world to you through me. And when we are in this unity, we will be perfect. Uh, And here the work of Christ is accomplished. When we are one with the Father through the Son by the Holy Spirit. So God the Father is in the Son, and the Son is in each believer by the work of the Holy Spirit. So this is the true and final unity is formed. And as I told you, the result the conviction of the world. The world will understand the love of God and the salvation of God. (coughs) Verse 24. Father, I desire that they also, whom you give me, may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. I desire that those you give me to be with me where I am. So now, it is not only just a desire, but he is praying that all of us will have eternal life with the Son. Uh, All who believed in the Son, those who loved and obeyed the Son, those who persevered to the end, eternally will be united with the Holy Trinity 
in the kingdom of glory. So now the Lord Jesus Christ, after he spoke about sanctification of the disciples to their mission in the world, now he is speaking about the eternal reward. What is the eternal reward? We will be with the Son in eternal life in the kingdom of glory. So he is saying, I want them to behold my glory which you have given me. What is this glory that the Father gives the Son? Definitely it is not the glory of the Son, the eternal Son, in his equality with the Father. He's not speaking about this glory. But he's speaking about the glory of the incarnate Son in his incarnation, with which he rose from the dead and he ascended to the heaven. So he said, I want them to behold this glory, the glory that you gave me because of my incarnation, when I ascended to heaven after my resurrection and seated at your right hand. And he is praying that we, the believer, may behold this glory and share in its glory. So, uh, here, the gift of the Father to the Son, number one, the glory that the Father gave to the Son. Number two, that those who believed in the Son may witness and may behold this glory. And he repeated that the Father loved him before the foundation of the world, which proves his eternity. Verse 25 and 26, last two verses. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. When he called the Father, O righteous Father, he is appealing to the justice of God. And this is the conclusion of the prayer. After he prayed for those who follow him and who believed in the Father, and those to be able to behold the divine glory, then actually he is thinking about the sinful world that rejected the Son and did not believe in him and cannot see the Father and cannot see God and cannot behold the glory. So now he is saying about the world, the world did not know God. Why they did not know God the Father? Because they rejected the Son. Because the only one who knows the Father is the Son. The disciples recognized the Father by believing in the Son. And this faith actually resulted in transformation. 
the transformation they became children of God not of the world and the whole teaching of Christ as he said in verse 26 I have declared to them your name name here means character nature of God not just the name of God so all his teaching he is making the nature of God known to us he said I have declared to them your name and will declare it I declare it to them in part but I will continue to declare it after my resurrection during the 40 days and then after my ascension by the work of the Holy Spirit who will guide them into all truth. Uh, so I have declared during my three years mission I will declare it after my resurrection till my ascension and after that through the work of the Holy Spirit who also will declare to us the love of God. That's why he said this declaration that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. So here he will not only just declare to us how much God loves us and how much he loved us. No. When we receive God in us, this love will be dwelling in us. So our nature will be transformed into loving people and we will love everyone. The love of God is poured into our heart by the Holy Spirit. Even we'll be able to love our enemies. And the last word in his prayer, he concluded by an I in them. I in them. So that is the fullness of our relationship that God will be in us. So as if he is saying to the disciples, yes, I will leave you, I will die now, and I will rise again, I will ascend. I am going away from you, but yet I am with you, I am in you, I am abiding in you. Not bodily, but my power will abide in you, and the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will dwell in you. So, these words, and I in them, this word is the word of comfort to all of us. It is a word of encouragement when our hearts are attacked with doubt. It is a word of warning those who do not seek his presence and I in them. So, the purpose of all this declaration that the love of God, the love of Christ may dwell in us and we become a habitation, 
a dwelling place for God. This discourse actually started in the Gospel of John chapter 13, verse 13. He started by preaching to them about the Holy Spirit and the Paraclete, and this sermon is concluded by this prayer. In, the, in this prayer, actually, we can see that all things are possible to those who believe in him. Because God will be in us and will be enabling us to do his will. He will glorify us. The love will be in us. The Holy Trinity will dwell in us. No one can understand the nature and the design of the teaching of Christ without actually understanding the spirit of this prayer and the discourse about the Holy Spirit, chapter 13, 14, 15, and 17. So these are, as I told you, consider the Holy of the Holies of the whole scripture. In a few minutes, I will give summary in Arabic to our Bible study. إحنا ابتدينا في يوحنا 17 من أول عدد 14 دي الصلاة الختامية اللي سيد المسيح صلاها يوم ليلة الجمعة العظيمة بالليل يمكن دقائق قبل وصول يهوذا وكل الجنود علشان يقبضوا على سيد المسيح الصلاة دي عبارة عن 26 آية أول خمس آيات كان الابن بيكلم الاب عن نفسه من اية 6 لآية 19 الابن بيكلم الاب او بيصلي للاب عن التلاميذ بتوعه ومن اية 20 ل 26 الابن بيصلي للاب عن كل اللي هيؤمنه ببشارة التلاميذ ففي اية 14 بيقول انا قد اعطيتهم كلامك يعني الابن إدى إدى التلاميذ ككلام الآب ولما دهم كلام الآب الكلام ده غيرهم غيرهم وخلاهم أبناء لله الآب لما أمنوا بالابن علشان كده انفصلوا عن العالم ولما انفصلوا عن العالم كانت النتيجة والعالم أبغطهم لأنهم ليسوا من العالم كما إني أنا لست من العالم كلمة ربنا بتغير الإنسان فلما الإنسان بتغير هيبقى مختلف عن بقية العالم ولما يبقى مختلف عن بقية العالم العالم هيكرهنا لأن احنا بقينا مختلفين عنه مش ماشيين معاه لأن احنا بقينا أولاد لله في المسيح اللي هو مش من العالم هو جيل العالم ولكن ليس اللي هو مش من العالم يمكن التفكير اللي يجي بعد كده طب طالما العالم بيكرهنا ملناش لازم نقعد في العالم وطالما انت صعد للسماء خدنا معك للسماء لكن الابن بيقول زي ما الاب ارسلني للعالم لان ليا رسالة 
وأنا كملت الرسالة العمل الذي أعطيتاني لأعماله قد أتممت أنتوا لسه عليكم رسالة هنا في العالم لما تخلصوا الرسالة دي هنا تنطلقوا من العالم لكن طالما لك رسالة هتقعد في العالم عشان كده صلى في آية 15 قال لست أسأل أن تأخذهم من العالم لما أنا بقول إن العالم بيبغضهم مش عشان تأخذهم من العالم بل أن تحفظهم من الشرير حافظ عليهم من الشر الموجود في العالم وحافظ عليهم من الشيطان الشرير عدو الشرير اللي هو رئيس هذا العالم حافظ عليهم لأنهم ليسوا من العالم كما إني أنا لست من العالم حافظ عليهم لأن لسه ليهم رسالة في العالم والرسالة دي محتاج أن أنت تقدسهم تقدسهم يعني تخصصهم يعني تدشنهم يعني تفصلهم من العالم علشان يشهدوا للعالم طب والتقديس ده بيجي إزاي؟ بيجي بكلمة ربنا اللي هي الحق مش كده قال قدسهم في حقك كلامك هو الحق هو الواحد بيتغير إزاي يسمع كلمة ربنا كلمة ربنا تنخص قلبه يقول فعلا أنا ماشي غلط أنا عايز أصلح حياتي فبيقول الأول قدسهم علشان يخرجوا يشهدوا ليا عشان العالم يؤمن كله أن أنت أرسلتني علشان العالم يعرف مقدار الحب اللي انت حبيت العالم بيه فزي ما انت ارسلتني الى العالم زي ما الاب ارسل الابن الى العالم ليخلص العالم ارسلتهم انا الى العالم فنحن رسل هنا في الارض احنا ليس لنا مدينة بقية لكن نحن سفراء نسعى كسفراء عن المسيح تصالحوا مع الله نحن مرسلين إلى العالم ولأن أنا مرسل إلى العالم أنا محتاج جايدنس محتاج معونة محتاج إرشاد محتاج تقديس فعشان كده يقول ولأجلهم أقدس أنا ذاتي ليكونهم أيضا مقدسين في الحق فالله الكلمة قدس نفسه يعني قدس نفسه يعني خصص النفس لعملية الخلاص وبالخلاص ده نحن نتجدد ونحن نخلص وطبيعتنا تتجدد وناخد الطبيعة جديدة لأجلهم أقدس أنا ذاتي لأجلهم خصصت ذاتي من أجل مهمة الصليب والفداء والخلاص عشان هم يكونوا مقدسين لما يعرفوا الحق الإلهي عشان يقدروا يخرجوا ويشهدوا للعالم عشان يقدروا يخلوا العالم يؤمنوا بعد كده يكملون ولست أسأل من أجل هؤلاء فقط أنا مش بصلي بس من أجل التلاميذ اللي موجودين معايا بل أنا بصلي أيضا من أجل الذين يؤمنون بي بكلامهم كل واحد في أي جيل من الأجيال هيؤمن بي بسبب بشارة التلاميذ أنا أصلي من أجله طب إيه يا رب الغرض من الصلاة دي أنت بتصلي إيه يا رب اللي عايزنا نوصل له في الآخر إيه الغرض من كل ده بعد الخطية انفصلنا عن الله 
فربنا يسوع المسيح تجسد علشان يصالحنا مع ربنا يصالحنا مع ربنا يعني نبقى واحد مع ربنا مع الله الآب طب إزاي نبقى واحد مع الله الآب كان لابد من الصليب والزبيحة والدم علشان إحنا نصالح بالله الآب وزي ما كنت شرحتها قبل كده الابن جيك عريس علشان بزواجنا بالابن نكون أبناء لله الآب طب ومين بيتمم الزواج ده الروح القدس فبينا إحنا أولاد لله الآب من خلال اتحادنا بالابن يسوع المسيح من خلال الصليب والفداء بعمل الروح القدس في حياتنا عشان كده الغرض النهائي ليكون الجميع واحدا كما إنك أنت أيها الأب فيا وأنا فيك ليكون الجميع واحدا الثالوث القدوس واحد الآب في الابن والابن في الروح القدس والابن في الآب والروح القدس في الآب واحد ده الموديل بتاع الوحدة فزي ما الآب في الابن والابن في الآب قالوا ليكونهم أيضا واحدا فينا وزي ما شرحت لكم إزاي نبقى واحد في الثالوث القدوس الروح القدس اللي هو موجود جوانا أنتم هيكل الله وروح الله يسكن فيكم هيوحدني بالابن من خلال أسرار الكنيسة وطالما بقيت أنا واحد في الابن والابن واحد في الآب لأنه هو ابن الآب بقيت أنا واحد في الآب فبينا واحد هذه الوحدانية هي الكرازة للعالم ده اللي يخلي العالم يؤمن بتجسد المسيح ليكونوا هم أيضا واحدا فينا ليؤمن العالم أنك أرسلتني لما الناس يشوفونا إحنا فينا محبة بيننا ما بين بعض وفينا وحدانية وفي نفس الوقت إحنا مختلفين عن العالم لينا طبع كده سماوي فالناس يقولوا إيه ده هو إيه اللي حصل للمجموعة دي مختلفة للمجموعة دي في محبة قوية بينهم وبين بعض وفي محبة بينهم وطبعهم كده يختلف طبعهم غير البشر غير الناس اللي على الأرض دولت حاجة كده فوق الطبيعة يقول لك آه ده يبقى المسيح اللي بيؤمنوا بيه ده مش إنسان عادي أكيد المسيح ده مش إنسان عادي ده هو الله ليؤمن العالم أنك قد أرسلتني ولكن للأسف بالرغم في آية 21 واضح جدا أن وحدانيتنا مع بعض هي كرازة للعالم بتجسد الكلمة الشيطان لما عرف كده قال هقسم الكنيسة فلما أسمنا لطوائف كتيرة وبقينا مختلفين عن بعض وحتى داخل الطيفة الحب ضاع بيننا ما بين بعض والوحدانية ضاعت ما بين بعض فدي نتجت في حاجتين الحاجة الأولى أن كنيسة ضعفت الحاجة الثانية أن كرزتنا للعالم ضعفت 
يقولك أدي المسيحيين شاف المسيحيين بيعملوا إيه فكرزتنا للعالم ضعفت يوحنا 17 مرات كتيرة السيد المسيح بيتكلم على المستقبل كأنه ماضي أو حاضر فمثل وأنا قد أعطيتهم المجد في 22 ده كأنه ماضي بس في الواقع ده كان لسه ما حصلش وأنا قد أعطيتهم المجد الذي أعطيتني ليكونوا واحدا كما إننا نحن واحدا نحن واحدا طب ليه ربنا بيتكلم بالطريقة دي ده تأكيد لما يقول وقد أعطيتهم أكنه حصل في الماضي ده تأكيد على أنه هيعطيه لنا يعني there is no doubt ما فيش شك أنه هيعطيه لنا طب إيه المجد اللي الآب أعطاه للإبن والإبن هيعطيه لنا عشان نكون واحد قالوا المجد ده ممكن يكون المجد اللي هي الشركة في الثالوث القدوس ده مجد في حد ذاته احنا بقى واحد مع الله المجد ده هو ايضا الحياة الابدية نرز الملكوت مع الابن ذا مبولس الرسول في رومية 8 قال كنا ابناء فنحن ورثة وارثونا مع المسيح المجد ده زي ما ربنا قال الاعمال اللي تعملها تعملونها واكثر منها فربنا اعطانا ان احنا ايضا نعمل الاعمال بتاعته واعطانا هذا المجد تاني ليكون واحدا تخلي بالك الهدف هي الوحدانية نحن بقى واحد مع بعض في الله يستحيل ان احنا بقى واحد مع بعض من غير ربنا فلما كل واحد مننا بقى واحد مع ربنا هينتج ان احنا كلنا واحد مع بعض كده الشرح في آية 23 الأنا فيهم وانت فيا يعني مين اللينك الابن ما حدش يقدر يبقى واحد مع الله الآب من غير الابن هو الطريق الوحيد لله الآب ليس باسم غيره الخلاص هو اللي تجسد هو الله الإنسان الله الإنسان فكإنسان يتحد معايا والله واحد مع الله الآب فأنا أنا المسيح بيقول أنا فيهم وأنت فيا يكونوا مكملين إلى واحد فكلنا هنبقى in the perfect unity في الوحدانية الكاملة ويأكد تاني أن من خلال هذه الوحدانية حاجتين العالم هيعرف أنك أرسلتني وأنك أحببت العالم كما أحببتني فدي شهادة الوحدانية دي شهادة للعالم بتجسد الله الكلمة وأيضا محبة الله الآب للعالم هكذا أحب الله العالم حتى أرسل ابنه الوحيد بعد ما أتكلم على المشن بتاعتنا المشن الكرازية إن إحنا هنكرز للعالم هو قدسهم في الحق قدسنا عشان نكرس للعالم بتجسد كلمه وبحبة الله دي كرزتنا اللي احنا مفروض نكرزها وكرزة أساسا من خلال الوحدانية اللي موجودة فينا فابتدى بقى اتكلم على الأجر السمائي إيه الأجر السمائي أي قال أيها الآب 
أريد أن هؤلاء الذين أعطيتني يكونون معي دولة رب اللي انت اديتني واللي بخدموك واللي كرزوا باسمك وعرفوا العالم انك أرسلتني أنا عايزهم يكونوا موجودين معايا في الأبدية حيث أكون أنا لينظر مجدي الذي أعطيتني لأنك أحببتني قبل إنشاء العالم أحببتني قبل إنشاء العالم إثبات لأزالية المسيح لكن أنه مجد اللي هو بيقول مجدي الذي أعطيتني مجد الذي أعطيتني في 22 يقولوا أنا أعطيتهم المجد الذي أعطيتني في نوعين من المجد هنا بنتكلم عليهم في مجد الله الابن المساوي للآب قبل كل الظهور ده مش ده المجد اللي احنا نتكلم عليه لأن الله الابن هو ممجد مع الآب والروح القدس من قبل كل الظهور هو واحد معه في الجوهر لكن المجد الذي أعطيتني بيتكلم على المجد اللي أخده في التجسد بالقيامة وبالصعود وبالجلوس عن يمين الآب فبيقول أنا عايزهم يشوفوا المجد ده اللي انت أعطيتني مش بس يشوفوه ده هم يشتركوا في المجد ده وأنا قد أعطيتهم المجد الذي أعطيتني ليكونوا واحدا كما نحن أيضا واحد فكل من يؤمن بالمسيح ويطيعه ويحيا في هذه الوحدانية ويكرز من خلال هذه الوحدانية بتجسد الكلمة ومحبة الله الأبل العالم هيارس الحياة الأبدية يرى مجد الإبن ويشارك في هذا المجد بعد ما ربنا تكلم على تلاميذه وعلى المؤمنين عبر كل الأجيال فهنا ربنا في حزن يفتكر العالم اللي رفضه العالم الخاطئ اللي هو رفض أن يؤمن به ففي آية 25 يقول أيها الآب البار البار يعني أيها الآب العادل فهنا ربنا بيتكلم للعدل إن العالم لم يعرفك الذين رفضوك يا رب رفضوا لأنهم رفضوا أن يعرفوني ورفضوا أن يؤمنوا بي علشان كده ما عرفكش العالم لم يعرفك أما أنا فعرفتك وهؤلاء عرفوا أنك أنت أرسلتني هؤلاء اللي هم أمنوا بي لأنهم أمنوا بي وعرفوا أن أنت أرسلتني عشان كده عرفوك إنما الذين رفضوا أن يؤمنوا بي ما عرفكش إذا معرفة الله موجودة ومتاحة لكل العالم من خلال الإيمان بالمسيح من يؤمن بالمسيح يعرف ربنا ومن لا يؤمن بالمسيح لن يعرف الله الآب العالم لم يعرفه لأن الوحيد الذي يعرف الآب ويقدر أن يعلنوا لينا هو الإبن ليس أحد يعرف الآب إلا الإبن ومن أراد الإبن أن يعلن له جيل مد أنا عرفتك ودولت لأنهم عرفوا أن أنا أرسلتني هؤلاء عرفوا أنك أرسلتني وأمنوا بي عشان كده عرفتهم اسمك عرفتهم اسمك مش الاسم بس كلمة اسمك يشير إلى من هو الله 
عرفتهم اسمك في خلال الثلاث سنين اللي أنا كنت معاهم وسأعرفهم سأعرفهم بعد قيامتي في الأربعين يوم لغاية الصعود وسأعرفهم بعد ما صعد من خلال الروح القدس روح الحق الذي هيشهد لهم بكل الحق واسم الله إيه الله محبة فلما نعرف الله ونعرف من هو هنعرف يعني الله الحب الله المحبة مش بس هنعرفها معرفة عقلية أقول فعلا الله بيحبنا لكن هذا الحب لأن أنا بقيت فالله والله فيا فأنا هبقى في هذا المحبة والمحبة تبقى فيا ليكون فيهم الحب الذي أحببتني به كل محبة الأب للابن هتكون موجودة فينا إحنا ونشعر بها وأكون أنا فيهم كان ربنا بيقول للتلاميذ ما تقلقوش أنا قلت لكم بعد قليل لن ترونني لأنها موت وهيصلبوني على الصليب لكن ما تقلقوش بالرغم أن أنا هصعد وسبكم لكن أنا فيكم أنا هحل فيكم ها أنا معكم كل الأيام وإلى انقضاء الظهر أنا فيكم من خلال عمل الروح القدس اللي هيوحدني معاكم وهيجعلكم أبناء لله الآن من أجمل الإصحاحات إصحاحات 13-14-15-16-17 بنسميها أناجير الباراكليت فيها العزة اللي بدت في يوحنا 13-13 وانتهت آخر 16 اللي هي العزة الختامية أو الحديث الختامي لسيد المسيح وبعد كده الصلاة الختامية يوحنا 17 وبعد كده بقى يتكلم على الأبضع السيد المسيح من أول يوحنا 18 والصليب ما فيش حد يقدر يفهم عمق على خطنا مع ربنا من غير ما يدرس الإصحاحات دي 13 و 14 15 و 16 و 17 من إنجيل يوحنا فدي إصحاحات أساسية تعتبر قدس أقداس كتاب المقدس بتشرح لنا على عمق العلاقة والعشرة مع الله لإلهنا المجد الدائم إلى الأبد آمين